is not which party controls our government, but whether our government is controlled by the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. The establishment protected itself, but not the citizens of our country. That all changes starting right here and right now.
listening to the His Harline Podcast, where we ignite independent and accurate thought, break the chains and shackles of mental bondage, challenge societal norms, and traverse through the timeless teachings of our Heavenly Father. Join us as we liberate minds and embrace the power of the Great Awakening while embracing true sovereignty. Welcome to the show. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Good morning, if it's that side of the world for you. I am Jason, your co-host with our sovereign Lord and Savior Christ Jesus at my side because he is the host with the most and the most high. He's at the helm, behind the wheel, in the captain's chair, steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters in this storm that we call life. So welcome to his heart line. Today's show is titled Contempt of Constitution Part 3. And we are going to be going over the different types of constitution, or the different contempts, I should say, the different types of contempt of constitution. It's going to be a good show. It's my favorite part right here. And we'll be doing a reading out of Jeremiah 22. So daily disclaimer, please be advised that I'm not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, biblical scholar, or bar lawyer. And while I am a member of the Michigan General Journal Assembly in good lawful standing, I am not the official face or voice of the National, State, or County Assembly, and I do not endorse or advocate for violence unless it's in self-defense of me and my family. And please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed on this platform are solely my own and for educational and entertainment purposes only. So there you go for all the Karens and Darrens out there. That's right. I like this jam. It goes hard. Boom, boom. Too bad I didn't freestyle. I probably could drop something awesome on this beat. I made this beat, by the way. Anyway, so contempt of the Constitution, part three. Contempt of the Constitution. So hopefully, if you're listening to part three, you've probably already listened to part one and two. So the contempt of the Constitution law, by the way, it is law. It stands as a very significant milestone in uh, uh, being the first common law that has been enacted since 1861. And this law carries immense importance as it aims to establish accountability uh, for those in government positions, our public servants, both de facto and de jure, by the way, doesn't matter what side both sides and it sh- it ensures that they are fully answerable to the people they serve and it seeks to ensure justice right uh and seek out punishment for any wrongdoing eliminating the existence of a two-tiered justice system where those in power often pretty much evade consequences while ordinary people like you and I face harsh penalties for stupid minor infractions And so this inequality and lack of accountability uh, has persisted for far too long. 
way too long now and enough is enough. We, the people have had enough of it. We're done with talking. We have finally grown. Uh, we, we've, we've, we've woken up out of our slumber and, um, we're stepping away from the distractions, the hell with the puppy bowl, the hell with the super bowl, the heck with mainstream media. We are stepping away from all the distractions and the noise out there. And we are actually educating ourselves with our foundational documents and the, the, all, well, pretty much all of the history they've been trying to hide from us because they don't want us knowing the true power that really we hold in our hands. And everything that's been going on has been leading up to some serious frustration among we the people. There's no doubt about that. And so to address this issue effectively, uh, it's pretty essential for us to, you know, harness our knowledge and to continuously seek to expand it. Um, that's what my goal is here for the podcast is to put out that education, to go over these documents and put it out there in such a way to where you don't have to go and find it and read it. But it's not just about listening or even reading it. Uh, there's a key component in all of this, and it's that, that key component is application. Application. Just like you have an app on your phone. You can't do anything on your phone without an app. You have to push the app button to open it up and to do stuff. You have to apply yourself, right? And so by applying our knowledge and remaining vigilant, we can hold our public servants accountable and demand justice for all. Now, this process requires a cycle of gaining continuous knowledge, applying it, and then repeating the process to ensure a continuous and effective pursuit of justice and accountability. So what am I trying to say here? Well, it's time to break the cycle of impunity and ensure that those that are in power or who think they are in power are held to the same standards as everyone else. No more rules for thee and not for me kind of crap. We're not doing that nonsense. That's that th those days are over. And I want to, I want to reflect actually on a couple of quotes from some pretty cool people in history. One of them is Patrick Henry. The other quote I'm going to read is from Sam Adams, which is some pretty good beer, by the way. And no, I have not been having any beer lately. Um, but Patrick Henry. So here's his quote. He said, the Constitution is not an instrument for the government to restrain the people. It is an instrument for the people to restrain the government. Pretty profound. Sam Adams said, if we ever, or if ever a time should come when a vain and aspiring men shall possess the highest seats in government, our country will stand in need of its experienced patriots to prevent its ruin. Let me reread that. If ever a time should come when vain and aspiring men shall possess the highest seats in government, our country will stand in need of its experienced patriots to prevent, keyword there, prevent its ruin. Now, both of these quotes highlight the importance of a balance of power and the role of the people in controlling their government. So let's break this down. Let's, let's break each quote down and, and draw some parallels between them. So Patrick Henry's quote emphasizes that the Constitution serves as a tool not for the government to limit the rights of the people, but rather for the people to limit the powers of the government. 
And it reflects the idea of limited government and the need for a system of checks and balances to prevent the government from becoming tyrannical or oppressive. Now, Samuel Adams, quote, warns against the dangers of allowing ambitious and self-serving people to hold positions of power within the government. So he suggests that in such circumstances, it becomes crucial for experienced patriots, presumably men and women who prioritize the well-being of the country over personal gain, uh, to basically step up and prevent the country from descending into ruin. Now, some of the parallels that can be drawn between these two statements, both quotes emphasize the importance of vigilance and active, 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 I'm going to say it again, active participation by the people in ensuring that the government remains accountable and responsive to their needs and interests. Another parallel is that they both recognize the potential for abuse of power within the government and the need for mechanisms to prevent or mitigate such abuses. And another and last one that I found is both quotes underscore the idea that the ultimate authority and responsibility for maintaining a just and stable government rest with the people. That's right. And the people must be willing. This is a key, another key component, folks. The people must be willing to assert their rights and hold their leaders accountable when necessary. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is what the contempt of the Constitution does. That is what the contempt of the Constitution does. So as we dig into the final part of the contempt of Constitution, we will learn various types of definitions of this contempt. We'll analyze each one, urging you to reflect on government uh, servants, right? Public servants and figure out whether if they have, uh, you know, it doesn't matter whether if they operate on the de facto or the de jure side, it's crucial to identify those who may fall under contempt of the Constitution due to their unlawful actions and potentially treasonous behavior. And many of us within the de jure realm are very familiar with individuals to whom this would actually apply, and undoubtedly a significant portion of swamp creatures on the de facto side as well. So we're going to begin to examine in this last reading, okay, because we're going to reach the tail end of the, the, the contempt of the Constitution, which we're going to be getting into the definitions, the different types of contempt of Constitution, which I personally find most intriguing. This is my favorite part because it, there's different levels and different severities of contempt of Constitution. But uh, just for the record, the reason I did a live today is I do have an obligation that I do have to tend to on uh, Sunday, which typically would normally be the one scheduled live show a week. Um, so I figured, you know what, let's switch it up a little bit today. Um, Cause tomorrow, uh, like I said, got some driving to do and got, um, we'll just say some very important business to take care of. It's really good stuff. Um, something I can't obviously talk about right now, but it's good. Um, and so by the time I get home, I'd be getting home right around the time um, that I would have to do the live show. So I was like, you know what? We're just going to do this one a live. So um, so anyway, part three will conclude uh, um, after, you know, uh, after tonight, and then we will get into something else. So but before we get into the contempt of the Constitution, part three, I want to read something out of Jeremiah, chapter 22, out of the New American Bible Revised Edition, which is my preferred version I like to read out of. And it's only what? One, two, three, four, five, six, nine verses. Um, very important. 
considering the subject matter that we're discussing. So starting with verse one, it says, uh, and again, it's Jeremiah chapter 22, and it says, thus says the Lord, go down to the palace of the king of Judah and and there deliver this word. You shall say, listen to the word of the Lord, king of Judah, who sit on the throne of David, you, your ministers and your people who enter by these gates. Thus says the Lord, do what is right and just. Rescue the victims from the hand of their oppressors. Do not wrong or oppress the resident alien, the orphan or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place. If you carry out these commands, kings who succeed to the throne of David will continue to enter the gates of this house riding in chariots or mounted on horses with their ministers and their people. But if you do not obey these commands, I swear by myself, Oracle of the Lord, this house shall become rubble. For thus says the Lord concerning the house of the king of Judah, though you be to me like Gilead, like the peak of Lebanon, I swear I shall turn you into a waste with cities uninhabited. Against you I will send destroyers, each with their tools. They shall cut down your choice cedars and cast them into the fire. Many nations will pass by this city and ask one another, Why has the Lord done this to such a great city? And they will be told, Because they have deserted their covenant with the Lord and their God by worshiping and serving other gods. And that concludes the reading of Jeremiah chapter 22, verses 1 through 9. Now, this passage from Jeremiah teaches about the responsibilities of leadership and the consequences of both righteous and corrupt governance. And it begins with a command from the Lord to the king of Judah, instructing him to uphold justice, rescue the oppressed, and refrain from wrongdoing and oppression. Now, the passage emphasizes the importance of caring for the vulnerable members of society, such as the resident alien, the orphan, right, and the widow, and it warns against shedding innocent blood. Now, the passage outlines the potential outcomes based on the king's actions. So basically, if the king obeys these commands, his reign will be blessed. And subsequent kings from the line of David will continue to rule in prosperity. As long as he obeys those commands, that's very important. Don't be tyrannical and you will have a prosperous ruling. Now, on the flip side of that coin, if the king fails to uphold justice and righteousness, the consequences will be severe. And here the Lord declares that the house of the king of Judah will be destroyed and left uninhabited with the land laid waste and its people scattered. So this serves as a warning of the divine judgment that awaits those who abandon their covenant with the Lord and engage in idolatry. So overall, this whole passage that we read, verses 1 through 9, emphasizes the importance of a just and righteous leadership. See, if we just had just and righteous leaders, we wouldn't have to worry about contempt of the Constitution. Unfortunately, we have a lot of corruption out there, so now we need it. We have a Constitution which pretty much tells the people in the lower three branches of government, hey, these are your lanes, stay within them, and do not cross your lines. But now we got a bunch of lane changers and a bunch of you know line crossers. So now the contempt of the Constitution had to get written up. And now here we go. First common law since 1861. Well, 
the people are about to speak and they're going to hear it. And the, and, and, you know, and, and the thing is, is that, you know, this passage also emphasizes the importance of um, the obligation to care for the vulnerable in society. Right. And the, and it teaches the inevitable consequences of moral choices, both for individuals and nations. And it also underscores the principle that God holds leaders accountable for their actions and expects them to govern with integrity and compassion, period. Now, before I get into the contempt of the Constitution Part 3, I want to play a quick little video that I found earlier today that I thought was worth the listen. And it's only about 58 seconds long, but I like what it says here. Just give this a listen. The only bird that dares to peck an eagle is the crow. The crow sits on the eagle's back and bites his neck. The eagle does not respond, nor fights with the crow. He doesn't spend time or energy on the crow. Instead, he just opens his wings and begins to rise higher in the heavens. The higher the flight, the harder it is for the crow to breathe. And eventually, the crow falls off due to a lack of oxygen. Learn from the eagle and don't fight the crows. Just keep ascending. They might be along for the ride, but they'll soon fall off. Do not allow yourself to succumb to the distractions. Keep your focus on the things above and continue rising. If you're not following the Velorgy Project, you're probably never going to see us again. Pretty cool. I like that. The crow likes to bite, is the only bird that bites on the back of the neck of an eagle. Land on the back of an eagle and start biting at him. Well, the eagle's not going to waste time fighting a stupid fight that he doesn't have to fight. He's not going to exert that energy unnecessarily just to put down a dirty bird. He just goes higher. He flies higher and higher and higher to the heavens until oxygen becomes so thin that the crow cannot withstand it and ends up bailing and falls off because it can't breathe like the eagle can at those heights. So why did I play that? The reason I played that is because we cannot fight unnecessary fights. We cannot waste our energy and time and resources on insignificant fights with insignificant delinquent, um, you know, obfuscators. We just keep soaring higher and higher and we, and we fight smarter. We fight smarter and part of fighting smarter is through application of tools like this contempt of constitution. So, Without further ado, here's the final reading, the third part of the Contempt of the Constitution, which, by the way, I did read in its entirety over two years ago, or not over two years ago, within two years ago, within the first year of my, my you know, the podcast airing. And it is, to this day, let me look on my screen here, to this day, one of the top downloaded podcasts with over... Uh, like 55 or 5,600 downloads just with that episode. Just with that episode. Um, the reason I wanted to do this in three parts is because it makes it, we, we dissect it a little bit better. See, and then I just read it. 
Here we kind of dissect it bit by bit, and it's easier, I think, for people to uh, mentally digest it. Um, but I do want to give a little shout out to some of the countries that have downloaded this podcast. Uh, I was looking at some of my analytics. First off, obviously, the United States coming in first with over 100,000 downloads. I want to say thank you. Um, 94.58% of my downloads comes from obviously this country and for obvious reasons. Next one in line, our brothers and sisters to the north in Canada, then Switzerland. I want to put out a shout out to Switzerland, Germany, United Kingdom, the Czech Republic, uh, France, Netherlands, Belize, Australia, Mexico, Romania, Russia, our brothers and sisters over there on the other side of the pond there in Russia. Uh, United Arab Emirates, Thailand, Ukraine of all places, Denmark, Finley, Norway, and many, many other countries. I counted them up over 100 different countries. I want to say I cannot thank you enough for downloading this show. Please keep pushing this show out to people you think would really benefit from it and would find value. Don't just shotgun this you, you know, link to just anybody. Um, that was what I used to want you to do. Um, the plan has changed. I only want you sharing this with select people. I don't want this growing to be a bunch of idiots who want to just, again, obfuscate and waste their time. This platform is only going to be for people that are in the assembly or people who are interested or serious about it or want to learn more about it. Um, this ain't this, this, this podcast, you know, it's not a Joe Rogan podcast, so we're not going to be discussing, you know, things from flat earth all the way to, you know, different conspiracy theories. As much as I like those discussions, I've, I've dedicated this platform for just Jesus Christ and education of the assembly, because this is the most important business that we need to take care of going forward. Again, application. So with that said, the final reading of the contempt of the constitution. So where we left off, it says that because contempt by its own nature is a quasi crime or has many different appearances and aspects and not a civil offense. And because there are different classes of contempt, uh, Corpus Juris Secundum, volume 17, section 43, page 115 states, it is necessary to set forth what appears to be the different classes of contempt of constitution herein. Definitions. The definitions of contempt of the Constitution is as follows. Contempt of the Constitution is a sovereign crime committed against the sovereign persons equals people whom such Constitution represents. For the purposes of defining contempt of Constitution as applicable to the Constitution for the United States of America, the classification of and degrees of types of contempt of Constitution and like crimes shall be and hereby are and the first one is general contempt general contempt where and this is where contempt has been committed or asserted but may have been done ignorantly or unknowingly which we can't use as a defense but this shall include attempted contempt okay so Let's step away from this for a second. General contempt. So in this context of the Constitution, contempt of Constitution, general contempt may refer to um, situations where contempt for the Constitution has been committed or asserted, but, you know, again, has done been done ignorantly. It's, it's not considered, like I said, uh, in the description, not a defense, but it's a category that encompasses instances where contemptuous behavior has occurred whether intentionally or not, 
Uh, this in could include actions like uh, a show of disrespect or disregard for the principles, values, uh, or pr uh, provisions of the Constitution. Uh, attempted contempt likely refers to actions that were intended to violate the Constitution, uh, but were not completed or fully carried out. So overall, these terms relate to violations of the fundamental law of the land, which are taken seriously to uphold the rule of law and the principles of government. So that is, um, again, that is general contempt. Now, the next one is malicious contempt. Malicious contempt is where general contempt has been repeated. Okay, so we're back in the document. So where general contempt has been repeated so that ignorance of the law is clearly no excuse or contempt deliberately committed with a foreknowledge or where the results of contempt is severe against one or more of the persons equals people victimized by it so that a distinct harm has befallen or inevitably will befall such persons equals people. So, okay, so now we're going to step away from this for a second. So malicious contempt. So this is more serious. It's a more serious form of contempt. Um, where basically the behavior is repeated despite knowledge of the law or where contempt was deliberately committed, right, with full awareness of its consequences. Now, in this context, ignorance of the law obviously is not considered an excuse now for sure at this point because the individual or entity engaging in the contemptuous behavior is fully aware of their actions and their implications. So furthermore, this malicious contempt also includes situations where consequences of the contempt are severe and can result in harm to one or more individuals who are victimized by it. And this harm could have already occurred or it may be inevitable if the contemptuous behavior continues unchecked. So essentially malicious contempt encompasses deliberate and repeated violations of the law or constitution, often resulting in significant harm to individuals or society as a whole. Now, the next definition, going back to the document, tyrannical, malicious contempt, tyrannical, malicious contempt, contempt so strong that it is apparent that the authors of tyranny works act of malicious contempt on a similar or dissimilar basis in an effort, no matter how small, to gain a destructive power over any person equals people within the United States of America or any of its territories, or where corrupt use or corrupt taking part in such use of power, whether or not by any manner delegated, whereby such power may be used maliciously toward any citizen or any person equals people under the protection of the Constitution and Bill of Rights of the United States of America. Okay, pause for a second. So tyrannical, malicious contempt. Again, it now this is referring to an extreme and oppressive form of contempt where those in positions of authority and power are intentionally and maliciously disregarding the law. They don't care about the Constitution. They don't care about the rights of any men or women. And this contempt is driven by a desire to gain destructive power over others, either within the United States or its territories. Sound familiar? So in this context, individuals or entities engage, engaged in this contemptuous behavior with the explicit intentions of exerting 
tyrannical control over others, regardless of harm caused, this could involve corrupt use of power. Well, that's all of D.C. Again, whether if it's delegated or not, they're there trying to oppress, harm, and violate the rights of citizens and individual men and women of America protected under the Constitution or the Bill of Rights of the United States of America. So essentially, tyrannical malicious contempt represents a grave abuse of power and authority where those in positions of influence actively seek to undermine the principles of our republic, justice, individual rights for their own malicious purposes. Now we get into this thing called noble contempt. So this is a little bit of a bigger definition. So listen up. Noble contempt of constitution occurs when a person or business now, okay, business, so it looks like contempt of the constitution is not just for government employees. So again, back to the document, noble contempt of constitution occurs when a person or business is recognized and equals or treated differently, either greater or lesser under any operation of law, even through a special fee, which shall be unlawful, might have been paid to a government for such special recognition. That is recognized for other common or ordinary people, as well as for businesses. Noble contempt also exists wherein private people, private people, listen, everybody, wherein private people or businesses are elevated in status above other common people or businesses by either what they are provided as rights to be entitled above other people of equal merit, to do or by where they are regarded by some sense of fame already in existence as to be given advantages that other ordinary or common people or businesses under the same circumstances would not be provided. Noble contempt shall also include a noble contempt by denobilization, which is an act of subjecting an individual or even a specific populace to a condition of degradation or reduction in status of importance under the law, whether by statute, code, regulation, or common law, in favor of not reducing all people equally to be affected thereby. This jurisdictional charge and all penalties hereunder shall apply to both people and non-nationals of the United States of America and any of and of any state. This is an inherent power expressed by the Constitution at Article 1, Section 9, Clause 8, and Article 1, Section 10, Clause 1. So stepping away from this now for a second, so noble contempt. This is where this refers to basically any situation where anybody, any individual or business is treated differently under the law. Well, shoot, we see a lot of that in America, don't we? especially with those bailouts of the big three-car auto companies here in Detroit, where Commander-in-Chief Donald John Trump is currently at, not at the car plants, but over there in uh, on that side of the state. Which, by the way, no gold fringes on the flags behind him, by the way. Mm-hmm. But it refers, again, to a situation where individuals or businesses are treated differently under the law, either receiving greater or lesser recognition or treatment compared to others based on factors such as status, fame, or special fees paid to the government for special recognition. 
This form of contempt occurs when certain individuals or businesses are elevated in status above others, either by being granted special rights or advantages that are not available to others of equal merit or by being regarded with a sense of fame that provides them with preferential treatment. Additionally, noble contempt includes the concept of denobilization, again, which involves subjecting people or specific population to a condition of degradation or a reduction in status under the law, favoring certain groups over others and not treating all people equally under the same circumstances. Basically, again, back to that, you know, two-tiered, you know, justice system. It's a two-tiered reward system. It's the good, you know, the, the, the good old buddies gang, right? If you're in with one another, right? You're in the club. Like what was the name? George Carlin. It's one big club and you and I are in it. That's what we're talking about. That big club. Those people in that big club, they're going to be sorry. They're in that big club. Not because we, the people want to be in it, but we're going to destroy it and shred it and disintegrate it into a big cloud of nothingness you see the jurisdictional charge and all penalties associated with it apply to both citizens and non-nationals of the united states of america and any state and it is considered an inherent power expressed by the constitution specifically in article 1 section 9 clause 8 and article 1 section 10 clause 1 So basically, in essence, noble contempt addresses situations where individuals and entities receive preferential treatment or other subject, you know, or are subjected to unequal treatment under the law based on factors such as status, fame, or special recognition, thereby undermining the principles of equality before the law. Now, the next one we have here, so we got two more. Now, these are the big daddies. So the next one is noble malicious contempt. The degrees are getting hotter. It says it, the noble malicious contempt is the establishment of noble contempt where the party or parties involved in such contemptuous activity refuse to vacate such contempt and such contempt can be shown to work a hardship or deprivation of common rights upon any other United States of America, native-born national, or native-born in a state of the Union. This jurisdictional charge and all penalties hereunder shall apply to both native-born people and non-nationals of the United States of America in any state and of any state. This is an inherent authority and power expressed by the Constitution at Article 1, Section 9, Clause 8, and Article 1, Section 10, Clause 1. So, noble malicious contempt refers, obviously, again, the continuation or establishment of noble contempt. Despite being aware of its contemptuous nature, resulting in a hardship and deprivation of common rights for basically anybody in the United States, whether if you're natively born here or not. Now, this form of contempt occurs when the parties involved in such contemptuous activity refuse, when they refuse to rectify or cease their actions, thereby perpetrating the harm 
or the deprivation of rights inflicted upon other individuals. This could involve the ongoing unequal treatment or preferential treatment of certain people or entities, right? Despite the recognition of the contemptuous nature. So basically they're just looking right at you and they're doing it anyways. They're like, <laughs> I'm doing it. What are you going to do? They're just doing it right there, looking at you, basically saying in their mind, what are you going to do about it? And they don't care. Now, similar to noble contempt, noble malicious contempt is subject to jurisdictional charges and penalties that apply to both native-born people and non-nationals of the United States of America and any state. So in summary, noble malicious contempt refers to the continuation or establishment of contemptuous behavior that results in a hardship and deprivation of common rights for men and women despite awareness of its contemptuous nature, thereby perpetrating inequality and injustice. Now, here's the last one. Noble, tyrannical, malicious contempt is the establishment of noble contempt on a harsh and repetitive basis where the party or parties involved in such contemptuous activity effectuate such contempt to the degree that it represents a blatant disregard for basic human rights, rights embraced by the Constitution, where gross insensitivity toward the suffering of any United States of America native-born free man or free woman is the result. And it is reasonably believed that the party or parties knew of the unconstitutionality of their acts, but proceeded with obvious contempt to continue them at any cost or where there shall be a corrupt use of power in conjunction with such noble, tyrannical, malicious contempt, whether or not by any manner delegated that may be used maliciously as toward any native born free man or free woman of or any person equals people under the protection of the United States of America, nor any of its territories. Furthermore, noble, tyrannical, malicious contempt may be recognized as having been committed in any event where the wanton disregard for the rights, safety, and secureness of the common native-born free man or free woman, whether or not the same shall be considered sovereign is enacted as represented by the scientific formula as, and I cannot read these, these symbols uh, in, in terms of words, but it basically, the, sim, the, the formula is basically total humanity, putting all or great portion of humanity at risk of life and equals or liberty for the benefit of one, which may be representatively defined in analogical format Put it put in antiquated like but not clearly expressive terms as the sum of me equals, uh, excuse me, the sum of me is equal to all of thee. That is noble, tyrannical, malicious contempt. The sum of me is equal to all of thee, is what that formula, that scientific formula represents. So, stepping away from the document for a moment. So noble, tyrannical, malicious contempt, again, pretty self-evident. Again, refers to the establishment of noble contempt on a harsh and repetitive basis where the parties involved, again, 
knowingly, deliberately are perpetuating contemptuous activities and actions that blatantly disregard basic human rights embraced by the Constitution. They are not only stepping out of their lanes, they are stepping off the document, ladies and gentlemen. They are off the plantation. They don't give a you-know-what. They don't care. And that is where this de facto swampland is at, not just in D.C., but in all 50 states and territories. And this contemptuous behavior results in gross insensitivity towards the suffering of native-born free men or free women in the United States of America. And it is evident that the parties were, were aware of the unconstitutionality of their acts, but proceeded with the contemptuous actions regardless of the cost, meaning they're just basically thinking, what are the people going to do? They're not going to do anything. Well, guess what, baby? Contempt of the Constitution says otherwise. And this form of contempt also involves, again, a corrupt use of power, either directly or in conjunction with the contemptuous behavior, which is used maliciously against native-born free men and free women or, or any person under the protection of the United States of America or its territories. And it also may be recognized in situations where this is a wanton disregard for the right, safety, and security of the native-born native free men and free women, even if they are not considered sovereign. So this contemptuous behavior puts all or a significant portion of humanity at risk of life and or liberty for the benefit of one, as represented by the scientific formula that again, equals total humanity, symbolizing the equality and value of all human beings. So in summary, this represents the most severe and egregious form of contempt where individuals or entities knowingly and deliberately perpetuate contemptuous actions that blatantly, again, blatantly disregard basic human rights that would include human sex trafficking, child sex trafficking, smuggling, um, you name it, anything that's crimes against humanity and the Constitution, of course, resulting in harm, suffering, inequality for native-born individuals in the United States of America and beyond. Um, that would include anybody who was behind pushing these uh, clot shots that they call the COVID-19 vaccine. That's still maiming people and killing people. I think people would fall under that noble, tyrannical, malicious contempt. I'm pr pretty sure anybody there in Pfizer or the pretend Biden that was talking about wanting to send, um, what was it, F-15s to the Texas border for, uh, you know, for the, you know, invasion that's going on down there on the southern border. How he was like, oh, we can't let these cowboys stop the, you know, these you know illegals from coming over. We'll send F-15s if we have to, or whatever it was. He was caught on a hot mic. I think that would fall underneath uh, noble, tyrannical, malicious contempt. I don't know about you, but that's what I think. Continuing reading this document as it comes to a close here. So it says, in the furtherance of this declaration of contempt of the Constitution, where there shall be any attempt to refute, deny, or twist the same so as to be made of alleged non-effect while holding that the authority 
and power of contempt of court exist at all, it is further hereby noted, understood, and declared that if there be at any time any claim that contempt of the Constitution does not exist or that we the people have no right thereto, that contempt of court does not exist, or that we the people have no right thereto, then contempt of court does not exist either nor contempt of legislature, nor contempt of, ex of the executive. The lower cannot supersede the higher, nor set it aside. Therefore, any attempt to declare that the contempt of constitution does not exist or, for, or belong to we the people alone in favor of contempt of court or any other authority of power of government represents a contempt of constitution to the tyrannical malicious degree and is inherently prosecutable they're under. So in other words, if they're going to try to sit there and say, well, there is no such thing as contempt of the Constitution. Well, guess what? There's no contempt of court. There's no contempt of anything else that you think you can, you know, pull over on us. Because guess what? The employees, which is our public servants, they don't get the rule of the bosses. They don't get the rule of the board of directors. They don't get the rule upper management. Who's upper management? We the people. That's you and I, folks. Learn it, love it, absorb it, get into the role. You are the boss. You are the board of directors of the United States of America. And these people are your public servants. Does that mean you treat them like crap? No, but that means we hold them accountable when they step out of line outside of their lanes within the Constitution from their enumerated powers that we gave to them many, 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 many years ago by our founding fathers. I hope I'm clear on this. You are the boss. Act like one. Get your butts up and start acting like a boss. Don't act like an arrogant one, but act like a knowledgeable one and a noble one to make sure that you are protecting your communities from these tyrannical people. If a boss at McDonald's or Walmart or put corporation name here, if you had employees stepping out of line on the lower level, being our public servants, they'd be fired in a freaking second. Now, why are we not doing that, folks? Why haven't we done that? Because we've been so distracted by social media and our iPhones and Facebook and Instagram and the Super Bowl and what the Kardashians are doing and with Matt Reif, where he's going to be at and with, and with, you know, my little pony and God knows whatever the hell other crap that bread and circus that they put out there for us, whatever. I mean, look, I'm guilty of it. I'm not going to sit here and say I haven't been distracted. I'm a TikTok junkie once in a while. Ask my wife. But the point that I'm getting at is we have to eliminate or at least significantly decrease the distractions and learn to feed our minds with important things like these documents, such as contempt of the Constitution and read the Constitution itself, folks. We did that here. We did that here. We read the Bill of Rights. We've read the Fundamental Orders of 1638. We've read the Magna Carta. We've read God knows what other, so much. I don't even remember. But anyways, continuing the, the reading, I, I digress. Uh, so it continues to say, 
other forms of contempt of constitution may exist as we the people alone discern or duly proclaim them to be hereafter noted now and discerned there is no statute of limitations of contempt of constitution and there can be none except it be declared by we the people themselves which they shall not accept or excuse me which they shall not except it be by amendment by pure convention shall do so that statement that section basically stepping away from the document now that statement asserts that there is no statute of limitations for contempt of the constitution that's number one so basically meaning that there there's no time limit within which legal action can be taken against those who violate or show contempt for the constitution and it suggests that the such violations of the constitution cannot be overlooked or forgiven except by the people themselves through the process of amending the constitution via a pure convention so essentially emphasizes the seriousness and enduring nature of constitutional violations and the importance of addressing them through appropriate legal and constitutional mechanisms now continuing on with this reading it's coming to a conclusion, uh, you know, concluding here. So contempt of constitution has been formally and officially declared by this proceeding to the same extent as contempt of court was first declared many years ago and has the same lawful intent and purpose as does contempt of court. The keeping and securing of the constitution in a safe and sound condition, maintaining its integrity in its rights established solely for the benefit of we, the people of the United States of America. A tribunal representing a lawful force recognized by and under the Constitution of the United States of America, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 9, also by the power of the tribunals long known and existing under common law by the power of the separate and third party existence uh, as established under the 10th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America, circa 1778, as amended at 1791. The tribunal of we the people undersigned representing the people in law in and in sovereign law whether by direct representation or by those solemn and sovereign authority and powers and spirit and in fact as embodied and held being retained by the first generation as set forth and required by the ninth amendment to the constitution of the united states of america now hereby below subscribe their appellations giving force authority and power to this proceeding and declaration by use by proxy of the appellations of those founding fathers whose historical appellations now are entered up below upon this extraordinary writ of sovereign declaration joined by others thereafter in spirit and equals or in fact this declaration of contempt of constitution is and has been put into perpetual and sovereign effect and power by the people, excuse me, power by the power and effect of these three appellations so autographed, real people equal citizens standing in symbolic proxy for the same and is therefore. And then, of course, there's a place that says place your statement of facts and equals or your issue by verified affidavit. It is ordered, sentenced, and decreed by lawful authority and power by the political will of we the people of the United States of America, the date of the declaration of this inherent authority and power of contempt of Constitution being timeless, extending to all times when the offenses shall have been committed by. And then, of course, there's a place for appellations. 
and the seal and all that good stuff. And that right there concludes the part three of the reading of the contempt of the Constitution. It's a big document, folks. It's a very big document, and it's a very important law. It's a very important law. And as we impanel our common law grand juries, which are analyzing findings of facts with certain parties which have committed certain crimes. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to go over contempt of constitution. People are going to start having a need to know this on the county level. You're going to have to start learning this, read it, listen to it, whatever, however you learn better. Um, you know, whatever your preference of learning is, if you learn better by listening and reading at the same time, do that. It takes time to understand, but you need to do it. See, the people who started these assemblies, I'm not saying they're, you know, they have one foot in the grave, but they're also not um, immortal. If these people who have all this knowledge pass away before we get to learn it, we're going to be up creek again down the road. We need to learn it. We need to replicate it. We need to learn how to teach it to younger generations. Because if we don't, if we don't, we are screwed. We are screwed. We cannot let this crap happen again. And what's happening in this country this year, this near future coming up, is going to set precedents going forward for hundreds of years going forward into the future for our great, 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 great grandkids and hopefully beyond. This is some big stuff. So with that, we're going to conclude. We're going to close this segment with the prayer. So Heavenly Father, as we gather in reflection and, con and contemplation, we seek your guidance and wisdom in understanding the solemn responsibility entrusted to us as custodians of the Constitution and the principles it embodies. We acknowledge the significance of the contempt of the Constitution law and its profound implications for our nation going forward. We ask that you grant us the strength and courage to uphold the values of justice, accountability, and equality enshrined in our Constitution. Help us discern and address instances of contemptuous behavior that undermine the rights and liberties of our fellow countrymen and women. May we be vigilant in our pursuit of truth and righteousness, recognizing our duty to hold those in positions of power, of power uh, accountable for their actions. Grant us the wisdom to navigate the complexities of governance with integrity and compassion, always mindful of the and well-being of our nation and its people. And we ask that you guide our leaders to govern with humility and wisdom, seeking the common good above personal gain and ambition. 
protect us from the temptations of tyranny and corruption, and inspire us to work together towards a society founded on justice, liberty, and the rule of law. We humbly offer this prayer, trusting in your divine guidance and grace as we strive to fulfill our obligations as we, the people and stewards of this great nation. We pray all of this in your holy, holy of holy son's name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, this podcast that I did tonight typically would have been a recording, but I decided again to make it a live show because I will not be able to do my live that I needed uh, that I would normally do on Sunday due to important business that needs to be taken care of. <clears throat> and so um, I, I've I try to not read too many comments on the air because this was meant to be more educational, but I do like what Oscar put right here. Um, he's part of the Missouri general general assembly for those, anybody that might be new listening in. I've had him on the podcast. Um, he he's a good friend of the show here. Good friend of mine. Um, he puts right here, nil disparandum. If I disparandum, if I pronounce that right, it means it. So it's, it's, it's Latin meaning never despair. That is a motto for you and me. All are not dead. And where there is a spark of patriotic fire, we will rekindle it. Samuel Adams. I like that. Never despair. That is the motto for you and me. All are not dead. And where there is a spark of patriotic fire, we will rekindle it. Samuel Adams. That is amazing. I love that. That's a great quote. One last thing before um, I, I we, we close this out. I don't know if you guys saw what I posted on Telegram yesterday. Um, last night, as a matter of fact. Let me scroll up to it real quick. So did you happen to notice? So I... My wife, I so I don't pay attention to football. Don't care about it. Never have, never will. And she was saying, she goes, yeah, it's pretty interesting how, you know, we're in election year and the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers are, were the same teams that were playing in the Super Bowl back in 2020, which was also during election year. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess it was, wasn't it? And I was like, I wonder if the Chiefs won back then, too. Because, again, I don't pay attention. And they did. So I was curious. Don't ask me what led me to do this. So I went back and looked up the score in 2020 for that Super Bowl. Chiefs won 31 to 20. And if you subtract those two, you get the value of 11. And then, of course, this year another election year in which the Chiefs and 49ers played, because we all know NFL scripted. I mean, look, we, we know. All right. It's actually technically considered entertainment. It's not even considered. Uh, I forgot how it's. There's something in the if you look at their legal documents, it, they actually classify the um, the league as entertainment and not like real sports, I guess. It's kind of like WWF in a way. But. I took the score of this year's Super Bowl, 25 to 22, Chiefs, of course, and you subtract those two numbers and you get a value of three, 11 and three. 
So I said, well, that's interesting. 11 and three. What does that sound familiar? 11.3 maybe, perhaps? What's 11.3? Jason, what's 11.3? Well, if you've ever went on the, the Department of Defense, you can look it up, the manual, the Laws of War manual. And when you look up the Law of War manual and you look up 11.3, I'll just read a short snippet. I'm not going to read all three pages, but I'll read a little short snippet. So 11.3 in the Law of War manual for the military says, end of occupation and duration of GC obligations, GC being the um, Geneva Convention. And it says right here, the status of belligerent occupation ends when the conditions for its application are no longer met. Certain GC obligations, again, GC, uh, Geneva Convention, certain GC obligations with respect to occupied territory continue for the duration of the occupation after the general close of military operations. The next section, 11.3.1, end of occupation. Belligerent occupation ceases when the conditions for its application are no longer met. In particular, as discussed below, the status of belligerent occupation ceases when the invader no longer factually governs the occupied territory or when the hostile relationship no longer exists between the state of the occupied territory and the occupying power. Aha. Uh -huh. Belligerent occupation ends when the occupying power no longer has effectively placed the occupied territory under its control. For example, an uprising by the local population may prevent the occupying power from actually enforcing its authority over occupied territory. Similarly, the occupying power's expulsion or complete withdrawal from the territory would also suffice because the former occupying power generally would not be able to control sufficiently by the occupied territory. Very, very interesting, isn't it? <clears throat> I thought it was very, very interesting. I love it. So anyways, there's more to it. I, I posted that on Telegram. You can go check it out. But I thought that was very interesting. When I, like I said, I was so geeked out about it. I, uh, <laughs> I was so geeked out about it. I called, I called Destry yesterday. I was like, dude, I'm like, did you, did you ever put this together? I'm like, subtract the scores from 2020 Super Bowl and subtract the scores from this Super Bowl, which were both the same teams on an election year. 11 and 3, 11.3, end of an occupation. I was like, and, and he he just, he just laughed at me because, you know, it, there there's, there's something to it. Obviously, there's stuff that he knows he can't really tell me, but um, I, this, this year is going to be quite interesting, and it's going to get quite interesting quite fast. Um, remember, 2020, we had the lockdowns, okay? So what did I always say last year? I think 20, I think 2024 for lack of a better expression, I think is going to say to 2020, hold my beer, but I don't think it's going to be what we expected to be. I think we're going to see a big cleanup in this country. I think we are going to see a big cleanup of all the scumbags 
all over the map in the U.S., in the territory here. And I can't wait. I've been seeing a lot of military air traffic um, on the radar. In fact, damnedest thing happened to me the other day. I was uh, driving up I-94 going west here in Michigan, um, bringing back a load of ethanol. And an Apache military Apache helicopter, I believe it belongs to National Guard, if I'm not mistaken, um, was cruising down I-94 over the highway. Pretty low. I mean, not treetop low, but low. Low enough that if they looked down at somebody on the highway and somebody was waving at them, they'd probably be able to see them. And so they went right overhead of me, went ahead by, I don't know, two, maybe a mile or two up the, up the road. They spun around like they did a big circle, looped around, and then they started heading northbound. I was like, wow, that was pretty cool. That was freaking pretty cool. It was, a, it, was, it, was, it was really something to see. But anyway, so just something I just felt like sharing. But anyways, remember, ladies and gentlemen, here at His Hard Line, like I always say, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. And the enemy will not cross that line anymore because it's men and women like you and I who will hold this line firm. And we also need to make sure that no one veers over that line accidentally. We got to be the watchers on the wall. We have to help other people not ignorantly and blindly step over that line. We have to serve humanity We have to serve mankind, I should say. I I like that term better. For God. We are the people that have to keep learning. We are the people that have to keep applying this knowledge. And we have to teach this knowledge. Now, make no mistake, folks. I don't have it all figured out. I don't know it all. And it'll probably be a very long time before I even come close. But the important thing that we need to do here is continuously learn no matter what it is, even if it's a few definitions out of the Noah Webster's 1828 American Dictionary, learn something new daily. Pick up a Black's Law Dictionary. Pick up a hard copy of the Law of Nations. I have a hard copy that my wife got me for Christmas. Learn something new every day. And over time, that compounded knowledge, you're going to be able to use. So anyway, God bless, ladies and gentlemen. And we will see you back here on, let's see, Tuesday. Because remember, Sunday there will not be a live show. We'll see you back here with a recording on Tuesday. I'm not sure what we're going to get into next, but uh, it'll be a surprise. Oh, the suspense. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. To find more shows like this, you can visit hishardline.com. And to learn more about your involvement with your local General Jural Assembly, you can visit national-assembly.net. His Hardline Podcast. His Hardline Podcast. Podcast.
please exercise caution regarding any organization purporting to be an assembly and claiming similar objectives such as the American States Assembly, National Liberty Alliance, Life Force, Beacon 37, RUSA Tactical Civics, or any entity diverging from the officially recognized Michigan model acknowledged by seven countries and the United States military. Furthermore, it's important to clarify that we do not endorse or recognize status corrections.